Hi, thanks for tuning into the Bacon Wire podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by JDW to talk about uh, this weekend's probable ass kicking. And then uh, Bacon Wire's Best Bets co-host Sean joins us to rank our top 10 favorite South Park episodes because it was a long weekend and we thought that everybody kind of needed a reprieve from the never-ending pit of despair that is MSU Athletics. Uh, here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not subjecting myself to endless psychological torture, I'm Spartan Dog 97. Uh, Brett couldn't be, be with us here today, uh, but Lucas is here. And then we're joined by our friend JDW, uh, Meta Wooden Peace. What's going on? How are you guys? Uh, I'm good. How are you guys? Could be better. I'm good. A couple more days of quarantine, then I'll be uh, I'll be home free again. And you had to quarantine too. Yeah, I tested positive, but uh, I'm asymptomatic apparently. Okay. So that's, yeah, good that you're asymptomatic. That's a good thing, and and my wife's feeling a lot better. So I I think I think we're both ready to go for Friday. So I can't I can't wait to get out of this house. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh yeah, because there was also like, you know, I like I was telling you guys, I'd like just moved out to California, right. I, like just started my job like on, on Monday, and yeah. someone tested positive on my floor on Friday. So <laughs> yeah, so I had to get tested. Uh, like I say, I got tested like Friday afternoon. Fortunately, I'm negative, but I still gotta stay out of the office for the next like I guess twelve days now. Right. Yeah, that's, that's good. You're negative. Yeah, bad way to start the job, but. All right, so we begin every episode with our customary three minutes of Lions talk. That starts now. The Lions are 500, and honestly, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's fun to watch Atlanta, Atlanta, but not at the expense of you pissing away a possible franchise quarterback. So I'm I'm of the I'm of two minds. Uh it's always fun to watch Atlanta do Atlanta things, but not at the expense of your team pissing away a top 10 draft pick. And the better they do, I feel like the better the chances are that they're going to keep Patricia. And that's bad for the long-term health of the health of the organization. It's just, it's kind of, it's infuriating to watch a team win who should be losing. Do you guys know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, Lucas, I know you, you know, you watch the games every, you watch the games every week. You know, I just kind of wanted to get um, your thoughts, you know, your thoughts. I mean, I think even with two wins, you weren't getting Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields with the way New York's probably going Owen, the Jets are going 0 16, and the Giants could be 1 15, and the Texans could just slip and slide into one and 15 theoretically, which obviously makes Miami that pick and they won't take one of those guys. But I mean, it was a good win, but it's not like I was sitting there hooting and hollering. Atlanta's one was one and five and sure. They had a lot of games they could have won, but they didn't win them. And it just, it, it doesn't feel the same as if you went into um, Tampa Bay and beat the Bucks right now, who look like the best team in the NFC. Like, 
that'd be a much different feeling. Now it's just kind of like, eh. So I still think six and tens are ceiling. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree there. I, uh, I, I thought after um, we lost to the Bears that uh, now like it's sort of, like it's very odd to like watch where they are because like I never expected them to be three and three through six six games. I thought maybe we'd uh, we pull out one uh, mm-hmm. of the first six after like losing to the Bears. Um, but I guess like you know. Now, you know, I want to think that, like, we, we can cheer for them in hopes that, like, they make the playoffs. And if they don't make the playoffs, uh, Patricia will be fired. But because, like, we're dealing with the Detroit Lions, like, I fully expect that we could go, like, seven and nine or eight and eight. And they'll be like, ah, we'll give Patricia another year and, like, yep. stuck in this, in this vacuum again. So, you know. The, the only thing that gives me hope is – I don't know, you know, they fired Caldwell for going nine and seven and saying that's not good enough. So the hope is, is that the Lions don't make the playoffs and they fire Patricia and Quinn anyways. But the way Martha worded that open letter, it, it makes me dubious, dubious to, to their, to their future. If they, if they go, let's say seven and nine and miss the playoffs. You know, it's just I'm of the mind that being in the hunt in week 14 is going to be good enough for them to keep their jobs. And that that's what makes me worried is like there's no mandate for them to make the playoffs. It was to compete for the playoffs. Right. And and they kind of had that built in excuse that like they've been better since Kenny Galladay has come back, which is fair. But like even still, like they don't have an excuse for not getting to the playoffs like based on uh who they had and like the schedule returning to him and the uh the schedule and just the fact that you know they obviously blown a bunch of double leads right so i you know what what happens from here i'm not sure they have um who do they have on sunday again colts they have the colts on sunday um, that's not going to be, you know, that's going to be, a, that's going to be a tough game. Um, it depends on which Phillip Rivers shows up, but, um, other than that, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, they have a pretty cakewalky schedule coming up. So, I mean, Washington, um, these isn't a cakewalk of a win. No, I thought, I thought with, that was a lock, but not anymore. Not with future pro bowler, Kyle Allen at the under center. <laughs> uh, oh, well, it's All talking right. lines. As usual with our customary three minutes of Lions talk, we have gone over the three minutes. Um, so let's talk about the reason why we brought you on, Justin, and that's um, the, the ass-kicking that's going to commence this Saturday. Um, I have cooled off since our post-game reactions podcast um, a little bit. Um, I'm of the... Look, I, I know COVID and... Mel Tucker got the job late, but you know, Matt Sheehan said it best the the things he's preached, ball security, uh, you know, fundamental soundness, high energy. Uh, the, the Michigan state Spartans were over three on Saturday. They, they looked, they looked like dead team. I saw more, I saw more energy in Holocaust footage than I saw 
from that team on Saturday. It it was bad. And to go into a rolling Michigan team that played well against a that played well against a solid Minnesota team on Saturday. Um, this seems like a recipe for just a fucking drubbing. Uh, Lucas, I'll let you, you know, Lucas, you can give your perspective and then we'll let the, we'll let the, we'll let Justin give his. So it's about what a four touchdown spread right now. Uh, the spread um, sits at 27 and a half. Yep. 27 and a half. I know, I know open at around 26. Um, that line's going to keep going up because people are going to bet Michigan. I, this is always a rivalry game. You know, it's a rivalry game. You, those, those cliches of, you never know what to expect. I know what I'm expecting. It's going to be, it's going to be worse than 44 to 10. It's going to be 56 to 10. And I'm going to watch the whole game because I like the pain. I'm a masochist and I have nothing else to say. I, I'm not going to say what I want to see improve, you know, or improvement wise, because it went over three last week. Like I said, Kapovich is O-line. Um, the running game. I want to see the running game get some push, and I just want to see different energy. And um, that happened. So that, that's that's all I'm going to say right now. I mean, obviously we're going to discuss it more, but I have no expectations for this team on Saturday. Yeah, uh, Justin, coming off uh, Minnesota on Saturday, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Joe Milton. You know, he was a guy who um, kind of came in with expectations that are elevated um what did you what did you make of his debut performance as a as a fan of U of M yeah um I was you know pleasantly surprised I think you know he uh like did a good job of like just being calm uh playing within himself and I honestly was like most surprised that he just kind of like like they just needed him to just be a game manager on uh on Saturday and he like did a good job of being like a super game manager like he uh made some nice throws wasn't you know like doing anything super spectacular but like I was expecting you know we would see him make a couple of like really nice passes and make some really just like ridiculous like bone headed mistakes like he'd uh send the football right into the chest of like a Minnesota linebacker and he didn't do that which I think was like the most like pleasant surprise like considering that uh when he like he was in high school like he wasn't on that good a team he didn't have uh good quarterback coaching and he like he didn't even complete half of his passes in high school so you know I was like all in all like pretty impressed with him to for his first start on the road against a decent Minnesota team yeah and I think one thing that kind of helped him you know kind of not not make those boneheaded mistakes or not feel like he has to put himself in a position to potentially make a boneheaded mistake was the defense. Um, Michigan's defense on Saturday, I was really impressed with, especially their front seven. Uh, oh, God. Pray, pray for my man's Rocky Lombardi. It's going to be a long, it's going to be a long day from him. Uh, number two, what's on Michigan's defensive line? What's his name? Carlo Cap. Yeah. That guy, that guy looks, um, he he looks like an uh, Antifa super soldier compared to <laughs> compared to other people on that field. That that was crazy. Um, you know, from from Michigan State's perspective, like 
obviously we're not going to have nine turnovers in a game for God's sakes. I hope not. (laughs) You know, I don't think, I don't think like statistics can even predict that'll ever happen again. Um, But, you know, I think, I think, I think a major issue is going to be, is going to be the trenches matchup. You know, the O line wasn't getting any push and the D line wasn't, wasn't able to, to get to the pass rusher. And, you know, he had time to, you know, Rutgers quarterback, Art Vidal had all, Verdal had all day. And even when the play got broken up, they weren't, they weren't taking good angles in pursuit. So he was able to get out, he was able to get outside of the pocket and make throws and be able to set his feet. Um, you know, I'm just, I, like I, I, I was hot on Saturday. Like I was running Bacon Warriors Twitter account. I don't think I was that like, <laughs> but I, in the group chat, I was hot. I was, I was pissed. And you, you, you were all hot. Banjo is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I, it's Zanjo. <laughs> yeah. I was Zanjo on a, I was Zanjo on a mild day. Like I was like at 60% Zanjo, which is, which is more than any human being should ever be ever. <laughs> but you know i just um i said i said that the honeymoon was over with mel tucker and i i stand by that statement um you know he I do. I he has to he has to show that he can he can at least coach a team through through a through kind of a a bounce back year mm-hmm. right and the the he doesn't have his guys excuse i find is bullshit because yes d'antonio fucked us by leaving so late but the mere fact that mel tucker was willing to leave colorado and come here granted we gave him double his salary but you know even even though even with that to come here in the middle of february after signing day to take a job with a program who has had raised expectations, he's had to have liked some talent on the field and to play the guys he played on Saturday. That makes me concerned for his talent evaluation going forward. I mean, the most jarring one, Justin, as you can tell, you probably just see from your MSU Twitter friends is Connor Hayward. Uh, I don't oh. understand why he was not. I don't understand why he was starting. I hate bashing yeah. college kids, but um, like what, when I saw him, when I heard him being listed as a starter before the game, I'm just like, huh, okay. And I'm like, okay, maybe he proved it. He didn't prove it. And that's just the most disappointing part besides the nine turnovers. Yeah. Um, was there like any clarity as to why like there wasn't much of Elijah Collins on the day? No, no. He's the like, only, I've been watching a lot of South Park, and the only theory I have is that he took a shit on Tucker's desk. Like that's the only that's the only basis I have for why he wasn't playing. Like I I, I have no I have no answer. We ruled out injury. We ruled out injury, and then we were just all wondering. Like, okay, I said I'm like he's got to be in the doghouse for something that would be my only guess unless his practices have been bad but i just can't see them being bad enough to where hayward takes over if anyone took over for him i'd want it to be uh simmons Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think um, one sort of like silver lining with like MSU's running game is that uh, I, I forgot the guy's name, but the recruit you guys have coming in uh, ne- next year is like really, really good. Audrey like, time, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. He, he's like really, really good. Uh, I know that um, <clears throat> plays either like on the same team or like against uh, one of the recruits that uh, Michigan had over in North Jersey and like uh, – even like Sam Webb and like all the like 24 seven guys from Michigan were saying like, he's really good. Like he should be, you know, like a top like 200 caliber guy. And so like, I think, you know, he's going to, you know, obviously like come in next year should see the field immediately and be like an instant impact player for Michigan State. I hope so. What's most perplexing to me is that the two biggest problem areas I thought Michigan State was going to have on Saturday were actually kind of positives. I don't think Rocky was that bad. Um, there were obviously no. miscommunications, but at this level, I chalk that up to off to the offensive coordinator. And Jay Johnson called probably one of the worst games I think I've ever seen on Saturday. And as much as I would like to hope that he watched film and that he's watching film and that he's gonna adapt his play calling. We all know that coaches are some of the least likely people to change to change their approach, <laughs> not only game to game, but year to year. So, yeah. I, you know, it's just, it, we all knew this season was going to be rough, but we didn't know it was going to be loose to Rutgers rough. And, at, you know, when the dust settles and COVID cancels the season or, you know, the season ends, that loss might not look bad. But right now, like losing to Rutgers is not a place you want to be in. And Justin, I think you can attest to, you can attest to that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, welcome to the, the, oh shit, we lost to Rutgers club. <laughs> it, um, it, we should get jackets made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather lose to them 26, 24, like you did than, <laughs> By 11 points with uh, seven turnovers on the field and two fourth down turnovers. It would sting a little bit more, but I, I could handle that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think um, something that you got to cre- uh, credit Greg Schiano for is that he like got to Rutgers and immediately was like, this roster isn't going to work and like got like some like good transfers yeah. and even though there's still like a ton of questions with regards to uh, Mel Tucker's talent evaluation ability, like he had no chance to do that. So, uh, uh, you know, I just think like, like the honeymoon should be over for, for him. And, you know, he should like get two years to coach for his job, but you know, like at the very least, like I do think some of the, like quote unquote COVID excuses are like very legitimate when it comes to like the situation. Right. Cause he, he got there in mid February and then like two weeks later, everything went to hell. Yeah. So you, you can't blame him for that. I, I'm not out on him. I want, I kind of thought about it right after the game ended, but I'm just like, you know, I'm like with right there, Spartan, I'm like, the honeymoon's over, but he's sleeping on the couch right now. Right. <laughs> Still in the house. He's sleeping on the couch. If he if he makes this game competitive on Saturday, which I'm not expecting him to, so I'm not going to let against him. But if he can see make if I can see improvements, just subtle ones week to week, 
then he might get to sleep yeah. back in the bed with us. I mean, the That's biggest the best way yeah. I can put it. And then I think no, the biggest improvements okay. I want to see on Saturday are ball security and energy. Yeah. That, I mean, those are two of the three things he preached when he came in, you know, I, I want it. It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Um, I, I want to see, yeah. I don't want to see seven turnovers and I don't want to see anybody walking around with their heads down. You know, that, those are the things I'm looking for this week. Baby steps. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I think that like, uh, you know, Maryland look, they look so bad. Like I think they, they look way worse than Michigan state. Like Tua's brother might be the worst quarterback in the conference. Like, <laughs> they were just all around so bad. And, you know, they, they traveled from DC to Chicago to just kick a field goal. Like they were, <laughs> they, they were awful. And, I, I went to look at that game like later in the night. I'm like, Oh, let's see how this game's going. Cause I thought it'd be some sort of 24, 21 bullshit. And I just was like, Oh, Okay, there's one win because I was going, oh, man. Now, 0-9 is still possible, but I'm like, okay, if if Mel loses to Maryland, unless Maryland just starts, you know, kicking everyone's ass, then we're in real trouble. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Northwestern and Maryland are still wins. I really do. I really believe that. That's the only two wins I see on the schedule. But I, I'm not – I'm. Oh, and eight, oh, and nine is, is possible, yeah. but I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. I, I'd agree with that. I, I just like Mar- Maryland, like it's because Michigan state lost to Rutgers. It's not getting enough attention that how bad Maryland was. Right. Yeah. I, I saw a tweet from our friend, Matt Brown. That was like the Northwestern Wildcats scored two touchdowns on purpose. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, Justin, uh, going forward, like what's a big area can, of concern for you for Michigan because um, Jake Moody didn't look like himself yesterday yeah. on Saturday. And I know that uh, Quinn Nordine is injured is, is kicking something that's, that's, con- that's a red flag going forward for Michigan. Yeah. I think special teams in general kind of is um, it seems like Moody and Nordine have been battling for the job for like 10 years in Michigan. It really does. And then on top of that, uh, Chris Partridge was the guy who uh, was our special teams coach last year. And now he's the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. And uh, special teams by far was like the worst uh, showing that uh, it's been in a while for, for Michigan. And then also just like it was much worse than the offense and the defense were. So, um, you know, like the three missed field goals, the block punt and, and uh, sort of I'll, I'll muff punt that we luckily recovered uh so i just think you know that's like the biggest issue uh like that needs to be cleaned up i'm sure you know you guys are no strangers to special teams as well as that have plagued michigan so uh that's definitely got to clean get cleaned up and then i think the second thing is just like since mo Hurst has been gone uh defensive tackle play hasn't been good and uh it was especially really bad last year uh, and like you saw when like Ohio State, Bama, Wisconsin, like killed us on the ground uh, and uh, that needs to get better. Uh, I think it definitely will. Like it can't get worse than it was last year, but uh, I, it, it was fine, but I wasn't like super encouraged by um, by Minnesota because like our best defensive tackle was probably Aiden Hutchinson, who should be 
playing defensive end for most of his snaps. So we'll, we'll see how that goes when they're facing better offensive lines. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've done that. Um, I want to ask, I'm just looking at like the quick box score on Google for the game. And I saw seven people got touches at running back. How many running backs are like kind of featured in the offense? So, like, Cause I know Harbaugh likes to have a bunch of them on the field or at least, you know, feature a bunch of them. I know Milton's a runner cause he has 52 yards and a score, but like, is it mostly Haskins and Charbonnet or is Chris Evans still, you think Chris Evans is still going to see a lot of time on Saturday? Yeah, it, looked uh pretty evenly distributed i don't know if that's like what their plan is going forward or if right. it's just like it's the first game get as many people touched as possible but i think um even though i think charbonnet had the fewest carries that game i think he had the most snaps yeah, had, of uh, them and he, i uh, yeah he had six carries yeah okay and then i really like the uh the freshman uh blake quorum that we got he uh he looked pretty nice um but yeah it seems like they all sort of like have their like define roles within the offense. Like Evans is kind of like your third down pass catching back. And then um, you have like Charbonnet and Haskins as like you're sort of rotating between like uh, first and second down guys. And then uh, Haskins gets a lot of the short yards and like goal line Mm -hmm. carries. And then uh, they worked in a lot of like two back sets, which I think was really good. Cause I do think like Michigan's running backs room is insanely talented. So yeah. um, yeah, it seems like it's going to be like probably a lot of running back committee, but I don't think it's going to be as spread out as it was against Minnesota. And then you're going to see like a lot more of the carriers get concentrated toward like you might whittle, whittle it down a little, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I did like seeing Milton throw, you know, I didn't watch the game. I watched highlights, but I didn't watch the whole game. Um, but I did like seeing Milton kind of spread the ball out with, you know, nine different people getting targets and it looks like Ronnie Bell's going to be the guy moving forward. I mean, just correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure I am because I'm a shardy. But um, <laughs> just that's just what I observe. I like to see that. Those are the stats I kind of look at to see like if an offense can really get a lot of people in mixed mm-hmm. in, and you're going to win a lot of games if you're spreading the ball out to nine people. That, I just wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. I like that, and that was good. I – I think it's really hard to tell now who's going to be like uh, their true number one. I mean, I think obviously like the reasonable expectation is to expect that it would be Ron- Ronnie Bell. I think he had the most catches and the most yards, but the way they were playing uh, on Saturday was just kind of like attack the edges a lot and not pass the ball downfield a lot because uh, Ben St. Juice and like Minnesota's other uh, outside corner, they're both really good uh and uh, they shut down uh, the deep part of the field very well. So I think uh, they get, uh, Michigan did a good job just sort of allowing Joe to just throw a lot of easy, like quick screens and just kind of dink and dunk down the field. And they uh, had like a couple of, you know, quick slants and everything. And I think uh, we have obviously you guys and then Indiana the week after then that's, I think when you're going to see like some more downfield stuff and then uh, whoever's like, the top of the receiver food chain will separate themselves. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Cause uh, well, not that like it matters in my mind, but what are you, what are the things you want to see out of Michigan on Saturday? Since we've been talking about MSU, what are things that we want to see are like very minuscule 
like, and you have higher, way higher expectations for good reason. What do you want to see out of them in this game and maybe for the rest of the year? But like, what do you want to see against MSU? Yeah, I, mean, I guess just like, <clears throat> can't like come out on, on, I guess, both offense and defense with like the same energy they had against Minnesota. And then, uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know, like their run defense is also like pretty bad uh, against M- Minnesota. I know that uh, Minnesota's running back, Muhammad Ibrahim, is like pretty good, but uh, they lost like container on the edge a bunch and like, I don't, I don't know like how much uh, they're like, we're going to be able to evaluate that against Michigan state, but I would like to see, I guess, like run defense and like special teams uh, get cleaned up. And, you know, like if we're, you know, in a position where we're kicking a 33 yard field goal, that like that field goal doesn't miss. What what was the smallest field goal that he missed? Like, well, yeah. Oh, th- 33 oh, yards. Okay. Um, there, there were two, like, I, there were two beyond 50 yarders and that was, those were like, you know, just like, oh, okay. Yeah. But like, there was like a 53 yarder that like should have gone in and like some of the extra points didn't look too good either. So like, I want to see that. Game hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think some of the, you know, I, I, the things we want to see are, are pretty basic, like uh ball security. Um, but you know, one of the, one of the things I want to see, I want to see too, is I just, want to see I want to see some battles won in the trenches you know I know that it's not going to be you know it's not going to be an every down victory for the offensive line but I would like to see a hole get opened up and you know that it's hard for me to expect a ton out of this roster so I guess the things I want to see are coaching I want to see I want to see more hurry up utilized. I think MSU was most successful when they were when they were utilizing hurry up and no huddle and and you know leaving time on the play clock and going fast and maybe that was just a a result of a result of necessity because they needed to score, but I would really like to see them kind of getting in that hurry up mode early and often on Saturday. Um, I would also like to I would also like to see I would also like to see some personnel changes um you know I would I'd love to see rock I'd love to see Elijah Collins more and I would like to see Elijah Collins utilized differently you know I think part of the reason he struggled on Saturday was because every time he stepped onto the field Rutgers knew a run was coming you know I would like to Mm -hmm. see him you know kind of break away and get some screen passes or utilize him in the passing game a little bit because you know when Hayward's out you know they're probably going to pass the ball and you know when Collins is out they're probably going to run it so you kind of need to you kind of need to change that up um and you know frankly I would just like to see like a better a better a better script from Jay Johnson um Saturday was Saturday was like was more red flags than like then then going home to someone's house and finding piss bottles all over the place like that like i cannot imagine a greater red flag than fourth and three and you're running a zone like you're doing a zone run from from shotgun Mm -hmm. um it's you know there's uh there's a there's a line of thinking out there that tucker just 
brought Johnson with them because he had no other choice because it was so late in the cycle. But, you know, I would just like to see a little more creativity out of the offense this Saturday. Um, Lucas, what about you? Tucker, Tucker just got all the turnovers and the bad play out of the way for, <laughs> for, for Rutgers. So he was focused on Michigan the entire week. Just, just watch. I, I'm laughing saying that. It's just – it's going to be it's going to be a rough day like my prediction is 50 i think i said 56 to 10 uh, um what do you guys think yeah i was thinking uh last year plus a touchdown so i was thinking 52 to 10 so right in the same ballpark i think it would be pretty poetic okay. if it ended uh nine to three but you know <laughs> <laughs> But I know that it's going to be a little more high scoring than that. Um, it's probably going to end somewhere in the 56 14 neighborhood. Um, you know, just it's going to be a long day. I'm watching the game with Michigan fans. That's not going to be fun. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just going to get blackout drunk. So it, it makes it, it more fun. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> My my wife's coworkers, a couple of our Michigan fans, and you know she's told them of me on game days, and like, oh, they want to come over and watch a game with us. Would you want to watch the Michigan game with them? And I looked at her, I'm like, <laughs> like nah, fuck no. <laughs> yeah, what am I? Like, I wasn't mad at her. I'm just like, that's a big no for me, dog. And she just said, oh, okay, I might just not uh, ask them. <laughs> Yeah, one of my buddies uh, is trying to hook me up with one of his girlfriend's friends, and he's like, I'll bring her next Saturday. I said, motherfucker, you want – one, my parents are going to be there. So, like, I'm going to meet a girl for a first time, and my parents are going to be there. <laughs> and two, my father and I are the exact same way watching football. So you want us – you want her – you want her first impression of me – to be MSU getting spanked by U of M and having all these people in my ear talking shit and my father 20 feet away from me yelling the same shit I'm yelling like we're like we're a surround sound system. Are you stupid? (laughs) I think, you know, like if you're uh, people like us that are like, you know, like on Twitter and like record podcasts and just like, obsessed with like their college sports team like you don't ever like want like random people to be invited even if they're like fans of your team like you like people like us are like very very just like psychotic with like how we like our like game watching experience and just like if someone's like oh yeah like we'll we'll invite these people to come up and you're like no what the fuck why why would you want that that to happen so i i totally get where uh (laughs) both of you guys are coming from the entire yeah, I'm, I'm a lot more calm than I used to be but, but the entire 2019 tournament tournament run for msu basketball i watched every game at the same bar in the same place at the same table every single game mm-hmm. i had to move tables for the final four game that and- was it <laughs> And I told, I told the manager who knew my name, it was like, you didn't reserve my table and they lost. I'll ne- I am never coming back here. 
<laughs> and I never went back. I've never been. I haven't been back since. Oh my god, that. Yeah, like that. That's how I, I love superstitions like that. Even though it doesn't have has no impact on the game, I love doing that shit. Like the same cup. If I'm home, the same cup. I I go watch it in the same exact spot. Like I have to sit in the exact the right spot of the couch, and I act like I matter, and none of it does. But it's just so funny that you switch tables and they <laughs> not funny to us, yeah. but funny to Justin. Like I know that uh. I so my girlfriend has this shirt that she got uh at game day on trouble with the snap day and every single time she wears it I like get mad I'm like what the fuck are you wearing that shirt like like throw it away (laughs) yeah you should have a priest douse it in holy water and then burn it like it's (laughs) (laughs) but you you can't you can't fake passion like ours yeah (laughs) I had to (laughs) Uh, we're gonna go honking this saturday win or lose uh justin thank you so much for joining us yeah uh you know you're welcome back anytime anytime. uh let's hear a word from our sponsor and then we'll be back and then we'll be back with sean to rank our top 10 favorite south park episodes all right hey autumn is in the air and manscaped is here to ensure that you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. By pumpkins, we actually mean your boys downstairs. Talking about testicles, folks. Uh, In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach your balls. And great news, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, A, and Australia. So, uh, I'm meeting a girl this weekend. Uh, it's big, big time, big time shit, big boy shit. And, uh, you know, I, I want to be looking right down there. You know, I'm, I'm a gentleman, of course, I'm a 21st century gentleman. So I'm, I, of course, I'm going to respect, uh, consent and all that and all that good stuff. And, you know, I, I gotta, you know, I want to make sure I'm looking good down there. So, uh, Manscapes got me covered, uh, with the lawnmower 3.0 which offers a replaceable ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. And for our nose hair havers, uh, the new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer uses the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. Get the Crop Care Kit, and you'll get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Because everyone knows that pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant go hand in hand. It's like peanut butter and ladies, folks. Shout out to Kel Notton Jr. And with the Crop Cleanser Body Wash, this is a full body wash that you can also use on your hair. You know how much you're, you know how much we love three in one, fellas. I could have seven in one, eight in one, nine in one. If I could have it, I would have nine in one. And you also get Crop Mop Ball Wipes because you never know when an opportunity strikes and you should always be prepared. And plus, you don't want to stink when you sit around that Thanksgiving dinner table. Come on. You don't want to be sitting next to grandma and have her going, Sonny, your balls stank. And, you know, if you suffer from stink foot or you stand on your feet all day, then I have the perfect product for you. The foot duster foot deodorant, which is a free gift in every 
in every uh, in every crop care kit. It is the cooling tea tree oil that offers a pleasant experience for the stankiest of feet and allows you to take off your shoes in confidence. The Manscaped Refined Cologne is a cost-effective way to smell fresh and clean for your date. And the Crop Cleanser Hair and Body Wash leaves designed for with aloe vera and sea salt to leave your skin fresh, clean, moisturized, and reinvigorated. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, so you know your manhood is in good hands. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code BACON. Again, get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code BACON. Make your balls a priority this fall. Here's our top 10 South Park episodes ranking with Sean. All right. Thank you to Manscaped. Uh, we now welcome on co-host of Bacon Warriors Best Bets, Sean. Sean, uh, what are you, you're, are you undefeated right now or no, you're five and one this weekend. Uh, really turning it around ever well, since we fired Mitch from the podcast. Yes. You know what? It's, uh, it is what it is. He, uh, you, you said it on the pod. He made his bed. He's got to lay in it right now for a bit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I was five and one. Takes went six and zero last weekend. Um, Brett went four and two. Um, was a pretty good weekend for the entire pod. You know, things are uh, we're making money right now. Yeah. So uh, we're here for a for a very noble purpose. Um, we're here to rank our top ten favorite South Park episodes. Um, guys, uh, first, I just kind of want to get, uh, what was your first experience with South Park? If you remember it. Oof. Great one. I was maybe about, I want to say sixth, seventh grade. So I was just at that age where I started getting it. And it was also when it went on that list of shows that was banned by my parents from, from watching so um, we were out of town. We were on a trip somewhere and I had it on a Comedy Central and we were watching it and I wasn't allowed to. And my parents came in the room and I had flipped over to Sports Center and it was like the last button. I hit last and flipped on Sports Center. But my mom was smart enough to where she walked in the room, took the remote and hit last back to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got grounded for a week. So that was that was my first South Park uh, memory um mine i'm i'm old enough to where i remember when it like it, I, me- I remember hearing about it when it first aired and my mom was like no you're not watching it <laughs> and um when my dad picked me up we go to my grandparents and stay the night and they had comedy central and i would turn it on because they during the weekend they'd have reruns at like 10 p.m and i'd stay up and I'd watch him and yeah, I didn't get it, but I laughed my ass off. And my dad was like, uh, so does your mom want you to watch it? I'm like, not really. And he goes, okay, well just don't tell her, like, just don't <laughs> act like this show. Like he was cool about it. He's like, he's like, don't make me tell her. I'm like, okay, fair enough. 
And then, like, I think two years later, we actually got Comedy Central, and she watched a couple episodes, and for some reason, she trusted me with it. But, yeah, I remember when it first came out and just being so intrigued by it. Uh, I remember uh, I had a TV in my room when I, like, from I was seven until right now. So, you know, Closet Rich, uh, Closet Rich Spartan Dog 97. Uh, I, and I would watch Cartoon Network at night and like, this isn't quite South Park, but when it switched over to Adult Swim, the first show they had on was Family Guy. So I've been watching Family Guy since I was like seven years old and I was downstairs in my living room watching it one day and it was the episode, I, I remember it clear as day. Uh, it was the episode where um, Peter like is like a piano savant when he's like really fucked up and like what back when Lois was a piano teacher and she was at the gynecologist with like the rival teacher. It was that exact scene. My mom walked in and she goes, how long have you been watching this? And I go, I watch it like every night. <laughs> and she was like, you're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> So after a couple of years, they kind of let South Park slide and then uh, they let Family Guy slide. And then I started watching South Park on my computer because that was when South Park Studios launched and you could watch any episode you wanted with commercials. So I just watched every single episode. And one night I'm watching it on Comedy Central when I'm home alone and my dad walks in and I had to flip it, but I flipped it too late. And he goes, we already let you watch South Park. I don't see what the harm is. So <laughs> ever since then, it's been, I've been watching South Park. And, you know, I think you guys can talk about this too, but I think every time I watch an episode, I appreciate something new about it. You know, something new about the style of humor, the message. Um, and, you know, it's it's just awesome. So we're going to go through, we're just going to list off our 10 through six. We're not going to give expanded thoughts or anything on, on our 10 through six. And then we'll get a little more in depth with our top five. So Sean, uh, we'll start with your, your, your 10 through six. All right. My 10 through six, I'm going to start with 10 um, with trapped in the closet. Just because <laughs> of the Scientology angle and how they rip on the, uh, the celebrities. Number nine is the informative murder porn episode with the cable guys <laughs> and just Randy and his whole act in that one. Oh, um, number, yeah. Oh. yeah, number eight for me is the whole entire Black Friday series and how they rip off Game of Thrones <laughs> with the old guy yelling out the window at Cartman. I just I love it. Um, number seven is Fat Beard, and that one's up there for me because of the songs and just how they sing the song and it's just fucking hilarious. Um, and then number five, uh, number six is going to be losing edge with the baseball <laughs> one. And that one's up there just because of Randy with the, this is a, what is well, this is America. <laughs> and that whole bit that you just see on Twitter and you see everywhere. It's just an iconic line that it, it deserves to have a spot in the top 10. Perfect. That's a great, that's a great, that's well, a hot start. That is a hot start. Uh, yep. Lucas, you're, you're 10 yeah, through 6. Coming swim. <clears throat> okay, um, this was a late edition, but I forgot how much I laughed at it. The tale of Scrody McBooger balls. Uh, <laughs> I, I love when, when all the boys team up together 
to do stuff. So this was a great episode that talked about that. Um, number nine is the China problem. Um, my dad, my dad to this day still quotes Butters. You shot him in the dick. You can't shoot people. You don't shoot a guy butters. in the dick. And like just like the the I'll never for, I'll never get the image of George Lucas climaxing uh, out of my head uh, or the duck pinball machine. Number eight, major boobage. Like the, yeah. the animation took them two months, but like making an episode over cat peeping illegal and Cartman playing like a, a person hiding Jewish people during the Holocaust was so funny and ironic. And the fact that he didn't get it at the end was even better. Um, uh, number <laughs> seven is fish sticks. Um, <laughs> Connie Shut not up. getting it is funny, but the way they ripped on Carlos Mencia was way better. And the joke progression through it was like, oh, here's some chips, Eric Cartman, and you're totally not fat. Oh, wow, thanks, Ms. Palmer. Like, just just some perfect lines. And number six, it just barely missed the top five, is the death of Eric Cartman. The one where <laughs> everyone ignores Cartman and Potters sees him, and it's like the sixth sense. My favorite part is when they're testing Butters, and they have that giant anal probe that just drills in him. the absurdness like that is why i love south park so that's my t- that's my 10 through 6 so i think to make it easier on myself <laughs> i only limited i limited myself to an episode per season um because there are obviously seasons i love more than others and i kind of wanted to have a i wanted to have a good a list with good variety uh so my number 10 is season 6 episode 3 freak strike uh, that's the episode where they send Butters onto the Morris show with like the fake balls on his chin. And then uh, Cartman, whatever, I do what I want. Uh, yeah. I roll, with, I roll with 12 gigs. Uh, my number nine is uh, my number nine is season 12, episode seven, super fun time. Uh, that's the episode where they go to the pioneer village. The yep. class does. And then the and then the bank robbers hold them hold them hostage and like nobody in the Pioneer Village is breaking character. Uh, that's so goddamn funny. The funniest that's part. Great. I at the when the bell rang and like the the thing closed and they immediately broke character. I almost pissed my pants on rewatch. That was so goddamn funny. <laughs> uh. My number eight is uh, Mystery of the <laughs> Urinal Deuce, uh, season 10, episode nine. Just watch that one. Yes. Ooh, I'm getting a raging clue. <laughs> I closed mine this way. How it all gets tied back to like George Bush and 9 11 is like one of the most like <laughs> what the fuck but hilarious parts of the whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Awesome. My number seven is the red is the red badge of gayness. That's season three, episode fourteen, <laughs> where, <laughs> where they bet where Kyle and Stan bet Cartman that the South lost the Civil War. So Cartman tries to win the Civil War, like reenactivate with like all the guy, and he keeps all the reenactors like <laughs> fucked up on uh, on s'more schnapps. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, guys, I cannot express how much I sincerely hate you guys. (laughs) 
And then uh, my number six is uh, season 11, episode two, Cartman Sucks. Uh, that's the one where they uh, where they said butters to the gay camp, where they said butters to the straight camp. <laughs> that's so good. By curious too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric Cartman, do not do not show the picture. Your mom found it under your desk. Oh, oh. <laughs> lame. Okay. <laughs> all right this, this just, is gonna be this is gonna be long the... just because we're gonna have to take so many laughs i just want the people to understand how hard it was to condense a 20 something year old series into 10 episodes that are your favorite because this was hard oh, as hell without a doubt <laughs> like yeah. there's no wrong answer in my opinion no, there there really isn't. Oh, man. Sean, no, you're you're number five. Number five for me, I'm gonna go um Goobacks. <laughs> <laughs> just because of just because of some of the stuff that came around it from the episode. When you start looking at it and you start this is like the birth of the uh the germs. <laughs> It was the birth of like that gif and that meme of they took our jobs and how it evolves through the whole episode from being they took our jobs to just like screaming, just like, <laughs> and they're like, we need to go to that portal and have sex with each other. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it evolves so quickly into just ridiculousness. <laughs> so, that's such a good episode. That's a little timely now, too. Exactly. But... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right so that, that that's my five <laughs> mine yeah my number five is awesome <laughs> um, that is one that is such a fucking funny episode and the best like it's just so funny because like butters has this tape of cartman dancing to justin timberlake dresses britney spears and the Adam Sandler idea generator. Uh, Adam Sandler falls in love with a woman and she's like a golden retriever or something. Oh, great. We'll call it puppy love. <laughs> and like the executive, like, are you, let me have a moment with Osimo. Are you a pleasure model? <laughs> and this is the whole conspiracy that like Eric's literally just about to take off his thing, but he is so into the gimmick to get that tape that he almost gets killed by the government. <laughs> it just becomes so stupid, but it is one of the funniest episodes. I will watch that every single time it's on TV. Uh, my number five is uh, season eight, episode 11, uh, Quest for Ratings. Uh, that's <laughs> the one where the boys are doing a new show and then they trip balls on cough medicine. <laughs> Lucky at dogs close up with a wide angle lens. At the end, they're like, we compete with this. <laughs> the end, uh, when the AV teacher calls Clyded and he goes, uh, We're going to have to. <laughs> We're gonna have to hold you back, and then I'm gonna have I'm gonna 
I'm going to tell your parents to tell them to have you uh, castrated. <laughs> We're going to have your testicles removed. I love when they go to the um, the pharmacist and the pharmacist is like, well, if you want to really trip balls, then you take this medicine, right? <laughs> he knows exactly what they're coming for. Uh, uh, and then oh, like, they're all high as fuck and they're watching Clyde's show. Yes. Cute. Super cute. All right. Gosh, this is great. Sean, you're number four. Oh, okay. Oh. Number four for me is uh, Going Native. <laughs> and that's the one where Butters goes back to Hawaii because his parents are Hawaii. from Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii. And um, they, they just it, they go back there because he has to make his his hapanoa, because <laughs> whatever that means. And then he, there's just there with like all the people who just like seasonal vacation in Hawaii, and they're all like, "I've been here every July through August since 2004." <laughs> <laughs> and they just act like they're natives, and they start going crazy because their cards aren't going to be accepted anymore. And they just leave Kenny for like, I don't know what they were going to just leave him for dead, basically just floating down the river. <laughs> and Butters hits the single golf ball through like the cruise ship window and the whole thing just sinks. <laughs> what, what's the thing he's mad about? Like that he's so pissed off. Um, ben Affleck. Oh, ben yeah. Affleck, how he's with. <laughs> he's yeah, how ben we Affleck broke up with Jennifer Gardner. That's a pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny thinks he's with Jennifer Lopez. Oh, <laughs> and then yeah. like at the end, they're like, he's with Jennifer Gardner. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, stupid Ben Affleck. <laughs> so that one for me just, just starts hitting the golf balls, just like, fuck Ben Affleck. <laughs> okay. My turn. Yeah. My number four is Return of the Fellowship of the Ring to the Two Towers. Um, <laughs> I love the parody episodes. I love the parody episodes. And my list was full of them, but I just kind of whittle it down. And I, I've been watching Lord of the Rings again. I'm sure Spartan Dog knows why. I just finished Fellowship of the Ring today. Uh, and it's like perfect. And Butters being Gollum because he sees Backdoor Sluts 9 instead of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> They took my professions. <laughs> and the like just it's they, you could tell they love Lord of the Rings because like the part when the sixth grader the, the main sixth grader like looks over the tree like the Nazgul looking for the hobbits at the kind of the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring that was so great and like after playing Stick of Truth I'm like I, I kind of wonder if they saw this episode and they're like we should make a video game out of this someday but like it's such a great episode with all the all the parents you know trying to get the kids and like they make fun of the kids playing harry potter i'm not going to say the word that they say to them but like hey guys what are you doing we're playing harry potter ha blank okay <laughs> but great great fucking episode uh, my number four is an episode I had to really like because 
as a result of putting this episode on my list, I had to leave others off of it because of my one episode of season rule. And that is the premiere of season 13, the ring. Um, <laughs> the otherwise known as the Jonas brothers episode. Uh, it, it's so well done. The, the Mickey mouse character is so goddamn funny. Cause you make little girls Chinese. Oh. Oh. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> you like the Jonas Brothers hot cream oh in your God. faces, girls? <laughs> so. Oh my God! And then and Mickey then... just comes in and beats the living shit out of one of them. <laughs> You're gonna go out there and sing because I make me some so. fucking money. <laughs> oh man and then and kenny's Kenny. like a zombie with gray's anatomy <laughs> yeah he's like oh gray's anatomy this is a great season <laughs> we just like interacting with other couples ever since we got the purity rings like <laughs> oh, oh fuck oh shit okay all right sean you're number three um number three for me is lice capades <laughs> <laughs> My baby. Um, <laughs> exactly and that that's the reason why and then when you mix the whole like lice being alive thing <laughs> with cartman's like fake experiment and then like beating people with they're gonna soap somebody in that park and you just mix all that together with harrison coming in at the end and be like hey shitheads all of you had lice <laughs> with the whole like Lice thing going on in the background. <laughs> my love for you is not as great as my love for my unborn baby. <laughs> my unborn baby. <laughs> Are you talking about me? Are you talking about my baby? <laughs> it's just the whole thing. It's just like Mr. Mass President. <laughs> we have a situation. <laughs> uh, Lucas <laughs> like, fixes the whole thing with like. Independence Day with just fucked up hilarity. <laughs> All right. My number three is um, with apologies to Jesse Jackson. <laughs> um, I'm sure Greg Henson was shouting the, the the word that Randy shouted at the beginning of this of this show. Uh, probably loved that part. Um, I had to. Sorry. Should have been Greg. Uh, um and the Cartman fighting with the midget uh, motivational speaker <laughs> is some of the funniest shit that show has ever made. Like, hello, students. <laughs> Cartman is going, no, no fucking way. <laughs> like, I fell on the floor laughing when I saw that. The and way then, the way he said, words, words are like bullets. <laughs> I let them blow through me. Yeah, we get it. And then, Shut your fucking mouth! <laughs> fights him with a sandbox. Oh, oh and down with the sickness is playing. Hey, uncle, <laughs> uncle, say, Carolyn, don't go in the light. <laughs> and, and then my last part is I just love how they made it like obviously it's a racial slur that Randy said. But then they make it to where the guys who accidentally say it 
are just as big of victims as the people who the racial slurs targeted towards. Like it's, it's so it, that was a pretty ballsy thing of South Park to do, and it just shows how much leash they have with Comedy Central for all this shit. But it's such a fucking great episode, and I have to just say at the end, kiss it. Yeah. You are. <laughs> Jesse Jackson is not the emperor of black people. He told my dad he was. Uh, uh, my my number three is um, a newer episode. It's a uh, season fifteen, episode eleven, Broadway Brodown. Uh, this episode just gets me yeah. um, every time. It's a I do respect you, bro. <laughs> the, uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber in like a. In like a Steelers, in like a Steelers jersey, like eating hot wings at Hooters is <laughs> so goddamn funny to me, and it's just like the, the, uh, oh my god, um, oh my god, even Sondheim was dressed as Bill Belichick too. Yes, yeah, even Sondheim <laughs> is Bill Belichick. Oh my god, Elton John in the wings. <laughs> you can't call it splooge drenched blowjob queen. It's like you don't understand subtext. <laughs> that was hilarious, yeah. And then uh and then Randy dressing up as Spider-Man to destroy Broadway was just oh such a God. great touch. And then uh Negan because he, he doesn't have the life vest. I think <laughs> I think Sab doesn't want to show anybody his face because he looks like Negan the vegan. (laughs) (laughs) You help me come out of my shell, Shelly. I fucking can't. Now get on your knees and put that heart to work. <laughs> it just shows Randy getting blowjobs on like the airplane, <laughs> just with his dumb face. Like Whoa. the country, the country man, Tom. Get him some man, Tom. Go see me at Broadway show. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you're number two. Oh. Number two for me is Casa Bonita. <laughs> <laughs> Just with the whole like forcing butters underground, tricking him into the zombie apocalypse. Just to be able to go to a certain restaurant in Denver. <laughs> And the multiple attempts to like move him to make it work as like a it's a it's a kidnapping. It's a straight this up kidnapping. <laughs> this here's our new Bennigans. <laughs> and kid, they're looking for you in town. Um ma'am, can I use your cell phone? <laughs> he pulls his pants and like, well, I guess it's you and me, so we'll have to reproduce mankind. <laughs> and then it's just like the and then once the the phone call after Butters is found, like uh Kyle's mom, and then he grabs Kenny with like nothing. He's like, "I'll, I'll, I'll do it." And they're like, "What?" And he runs into Casa Bonita. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
and eventually jumps off the the diving pier and they're like is it worth it and he's like totally <laughs> just <laughs> the whole thing is just so outrageous and i think that's probably one of the most south park episodes because you just tie it all together out of what happened in the episode and it's just it's cartman just being outrageous and i think those are some of the best episodes yeah i mean when Cartman took that next step is when South Park got that much better. So I'm with you on that. All right. My number two is Little Crime Stoppers. <laughs> um, that is such a great episode. Like, it's just so fucking fu- Like, I, my favorite part is the beginning when they're investigating who stole that lady's pie. <laughs> to where the husband was going to, like, chop her body up. <laughs> <laughs> throw it into a lake and then finally he can eat that pie but no he sat there all day wanting a piece but you wouldn't let him have it and then they get their badges and the, <laughs> the chief's like okay you're junior detectives there's a meth lab on the west side of the town that we need to bust <laughs> they had kept heavy artillery then <laughs> like the, the little junior fbi agents and and like Kent or Cartman doing like the hand signals. There's two perpetrators in the house with a doll. You stupid Jew. <laughs> God. Uh, I. And then the strip club at the dance. It's what is when you like a dance. Dance. <laughs> it's such a fucking great episode. Like it's another one where the boys team up together. <laughs> totally forgot where. They, they have the crime suspect and butters. They make him do a semen sample. This oh, my God. Yeah. White stuff comes out. Like... Ow. <laughs> All right. Ow. Well, I thought it stands mom's boobs, and then some white stuff came up. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two is, uh, is season four, episode four, uh, Cartman Joins Nambla. Uh, just. <laughs> yes. That was something. <laughs> so it's such a great episode uh i love the b plot of kenny's mom getting pregnant again so he's trying to like get rid of the baby and his dad keeps like his dad like his dad keeps getting fucked up because he wants to get rid of the baby and then they go on the john Denver experience for experience Oh my god! And oh. then uh, the in the beginning when they're playing like the card game or what the the board game I forgot the guy's name but it's like many believe Bill Kurt- yeah Bill yeah. many believe many believe the government covered it up on Bill Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> such a weird little niche thing. Oh, that's such a great episode. I- oh. I found a young little boy who's full of joy and talent. His name is Timmy. <laughs> I, I love when Garmin meets up with that pedophile and he's like, uh, do, you, do you like your back rub? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, I think, the most underrated parts of that episode 
is when Cartman goes and finds Stan and Kyle and they're standing at like the dialysis window. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're making like, faces. <laughs> they're like, it's real funny. They make it go like, blah. And they just put like their face on the glass in front of this like cancer treatment facility. <laughs> oh, uh, my just, favorite. Like, making faces. My, uh, a sneaky underrated part is like when the Nambla guy is doing the, you know, I think I learned something today. And they're like, dude, you want to have sex with children. <laughs> it's like, it's, exactly. Because like at the end of South Park episode, sometimes they tie it all back together into like this one little like lesson or whatever, for whatever reason. And this is like one of the only times I can think of where they, the kids just go like, no, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> uh, Sean, Sean, you're number one. My number one is Butter's own episode. <laughs> Just because it's kind of different because it only focuses on Butter's, which isn't something they normally do. But then if you just follow like the whole plot of that episode through Butter's just like <laughs> going for like his his mom's like, oh, figure out what your dad's going to buy for me. And then he's, <laughs> he's just like, well, dad went wrestling and then he went to a movie <laughs> or he went to a movie <laughs> and then he went wrestling. And you just see his mom like break down from there, just like start repainting the living room. And his dad's like, What did you see? Well, don't tell your mom. And he's like, I already did. (laughs) (laughs) She drives the car into the river and he's got to walk all the way back. And he, it's just his parents joined like that, like child diet support. Yeah, with, uh, with uh, like all those, found it. yep, all those people, and you start looking at it, and all the <laughs> other kids at the end of the episode are like, "Wait, where was Butters? Butters was gone." <laughs> and then you just one, start realizing, like, when oh. they're doing the press conference at the end, he's like, "Murderers! You're murderers! You know what happens? <laughs> Confess! <And> they, <laughs> Confess!" They work all that subtext in with all those other people into the end of the episode and it's it's just it's hilarious that that's my number one too it's peak south park like adding butters to the main group of characters like a couple years i'd say a couple years before randy was really a focal point pip and that absolutely stunk that is the worst south park episode ever is pip but um this yeah. is the best episode in South Park history. <laughs> yeah, I had a quote. Dad wrestled with some guys. And the black I had him pinned down for 20 minutes. Poor dad. Must have been awfully sore. <laughs> they went, <laughs> went fisty fireman five. <laughs> Must kill butters. Must the only way. Kill butters. <laughs> Clean. Everything must be clean. <laughs> and like this, the naivety of Butters is so great. Like the the opening song and like the 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 puffy cloud logo, and then it's just this dark darkness. So like his dad being a closeted gay man and his mom murdering him, and no one else like none of the boys give a fuck about it. Like everyone oh, knows it's that's Butters. Me. That's me. <laughs> It, oh, I love that. I love that episode, and and then <laughs> all he wants to do is go to Bennigan's. That's the best part. 
That's all he wants. That's all Butters wants is just to go to Bennigan's. So um, uh, I have a couple. I have a couple oh honorable mentions I want to shout out before I get to my number one. Uh, uh, first off is the F word, um, oh. which I believe in season thirteen and lost out to and lost out to the ring. Um, so good. <laughs> Um, perfectly describes any so good and then um, and then uh, more crap also shout out to more crap Uh, yeah 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 so funny (laughs) hello hello (laughs) <laughs> and then he had PF stage I had a PF things so um, and now it's time for my number one uh, my number one is uh, is not quite not quite like one of the more heavily referenced South Park episodes um, there's not a lot of one liners and jokes but I think it's one of the stronger South Parks, like one of the stronger stories Matt and Trey have ever written. And um, it, it sets up a concept that I just love to death and think is so goddamn funny. Um, and that's the season seven finale, Raisins. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is the episode where Wendy breaks up with Stan and uh, and Stan's all depressed. So they take him to Raisins to cheer him up, which is like this weird, like parallel universe, like Hooters and Butters falls in love with one of the waitresses. (laughs) Gets her gifts and all that shit. Yeah. And then he takes his parents to Raisins to meet her. And then they ask her. <gasps> and then the parents ask the waitress, who's like, don't you want to be like a doctor or something? And she goes, yeah, I would like to be a doctor. I want to know what this cold sore is. Like, he's putting the cold sore out of her lips. Uh, such a good episode. It's also, I believe, the first appearance of the goth kids. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, just... I think it is just incredible episode and it just kind of like and also you know it does something that all the best South Park episodes do which is like speak to a higher truth and just like the the heartbreak you feel after like that first like that first relationship breakup is they just nail it and just like Stan laying in bed listening to Air Supply (laughs) (laughs) um One honorable oh. mention for me is you got effed in the A. Oh yes. When, yeah. the, just for butter. And then he kills like twenty people. And then the song that he's singing is I've got something in my front pocket for you. <laughs> I got something, I got in, my something in my front pocket for you. Yeah. Wants to risk your little squeeze and say, How do you do? I mean, I could list like twenty honorable mentions. So that 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 was one that I had on the list until like today, and then I then I got rid of it. Uh, 
Um, just real quick, just the names, like the whole Coon series, mm-hmm. like the first episode, and then the three that come after with uh, Chitulu <laughs> and all that stuff that happens. That one, that, that so that's a fun watch. Um, the Mormons episode is a must watch. Dum 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 dum. Just dumb. because. It, it, just because of the song, honestly, it just it, it it's automatically amazing. Um, and, and I mean, they I've got cited, the Jeffersons on here. And I mean, they and movie. I mean, for going back to all about Mormons, I mean that's the thing they cite as like the inspiration for for Book of Mormon. So like that's right. like a super like important exactly. episode to like South Park lore. It, Have you it guys is. seen Book of Mormon? Um, no, I had. They were at. Um, I'm not yet. I've got it on my stuff. They did a production of Wart. They did a. Pro- they did a run at Wharton Center. Uh, they put on a. They put on a production at Wharton Center, and I'm so mad I didn't go. And that was like the summer I lived up in East Lansing too. I so easily could have gone, and I just didn't. Um, just a couple others I want to hit on real quick. Like I said, the Jeffersons with the Michael Jackson episode. <laughs> No, yeah, it's just it's just something to. It's not a top something episode, but it's just and funny. The cops to watch. are like convinced he's a black man. <laughs> when they see he's white, they're like, "My God, I have to rethink everything I've done in my life." Like Jesus, I I watch that one. I'm like, wow, this is very uh, topical. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just I don't know if that one gets oh. made today. <laughs> no, it definitely gets made today. Um, there's and... WTF. Which, oh uh, yeah, oh, yes. It does. Yeah. WTF, which is the the WWE <laughs> episode with the with the wrestling coach. <sighs> I. Uh, <laughs> That's I, not wrestling. This is wrestling. I I showed that I showed a clip of that to my high school wrestling coach. And I thought he was going to piss his pants. <laughs> I showed him the clip where he was at the bar and he goes, that's not real wrestling. And he's like pulling up videos of wrestling. And the redneck goes, mister, if you don't take your and your gay you porn out of here. Porn on your phone. <laughs> My other honorable mention is the Imagination Land trilogy. Yeah, yep, that's, that's a, good a good one. one. That's one. Like, I, just because you see Man Bear Pig. When, That's when the second one. I'm when on, that yeah. portal opens and like you see like the arm, and I'm like, oh my god, are we getting man bear pig? <laughs> sure enough, Al Gore comes. See, I told you he's out there. He's real. <laughs> and that uh, the last the last honorable mention I have is all the references to que- Tweak and Craig's relationship. <laughs> 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 that's that's an overarching honorable mention is just that developing relationship be it from when they like Cartman and uh, Kyle got them to fight each other be it to the Tweak and Craig episode <laughs> be it to the one where Tweak's like freaking out over Garrison being president and through multiple seasons there's just that overarching relationship of that has just been hilarious to watch develop and i do have to give a quick shout out to my uh, girlfriend fiance for helping me make this list because we had to we watch south park every chance we get and um i can't i couldn't narrow it down i had to have her help me Um, my (laughs) last one would be just 
uh, Scott Tennerman must die. Like that's an iconic episode, but it's just so Had funny because of how absurd it is that Cartman will go to that length to embarrass this kid. And then Radiohead shows up at the very end. is like, wow, this kid's a pussy and just walks away and ruins a kid's life. Oh, uh, the other reason I wanted that one to be mentioned was when you look at the end, it's like, um, oh, Kyle and Stan look at each other like, dude, Cartman's fucking crazy. Let's <laughs> never pissed him off again. And you know what is, um, that episode has consequences too because I know like you can't find them anywhere, but like in the three hundredth and three hundred and first episode, yes. Uh, it's revealed that Scott Tenerman is Cartman's half brother. So he, so Cartman ended up grinding his own dad into chili. And it's like, that's something you only understand. That's something like you only remember or understand if you watch those episodes live, because like you literally cannot find them anymore. Were those ones pulled because of uh, Mohammed. Yeah, Prophet yeah. Muhammad. I did. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't. I didn't know that. Uh, I and so I've obviously missed out on that. But uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they pulled them because of uh, uh, the Prophet Muhammad was portrayed. Oh my God, that's well. You learn something new every day. Well, you I guess. can't find. I... I can't even find a Wikipedia. Oh, you know, yeah. it's called Shots. Yeah, they're scrubbed. They're scrubbed from the internet. Like, yeah, you can't find them. Holy shit. So it's like, that's something. Bruh. Yeah. And uh, they were like really pissed too because like 300 had aired and they didn't show Muhammad at all. Um, they didn't even like, they didn't show him and like, no. and an extremist group like made a threat at Paramount headquarters. So in 301, they showed Muhammad, but they censored him. And then anytime they said his name, they, it bleeped, like they put the dump button on. So everyone thought that it was a bit like it was a they were doing a bit right because of like everything that happened they had no, just like it? no and Matt and Trey wrote an open letter and they were like this wasn't a bit we're extremely pissed off we don't know if we're gonna make we're gonna make more episodes this season like we might walk away and like they got like a twenty percent pay raise to keep going because <laughs> the only Comedy Central really has. Yeah, I just call that good marketing at a certain point. I mean, good brand management, I guess. Yeah, Bacon Wire could probably learn it, a lesson or it two keeps, from it Matt keeps Stone them in the line, but they're always going to be in the line. Oh, those guys are fucking amazing. Ooh. Like, not just South Park. Like, my aunt has watched Book of Mormon, and she, I, my aunt has a good sense of humor, but I'm like, you watch the Book of Mormon, she goes, it's the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. And she's like 75 years old. Like, it is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, like, I'm a big basketball fan. The movie's stupid, but I fucking love that movie. I'll watch it every time it's on TV. So quotable and so 1998, like, in my zone that, yeah, Trey, Trey and Matt are just the best. And 
I love watching the documentary about how they make an episode in like six days and just how much fun they have recording it. Like Bill Hader was in the writing room at the time and like they're just sitting there recording the human Senipad episode and like trying not to piss themselves because they're making fart noises in the microphone. <laughs> All right, I've got I've got one more, two more All I right. want to mention. One of the the, the last of the Mexicans, <laughs> butter ends up getting deported to Mexico for some reason. Mantequilla, Mantequilla, and the last one is uh, the rainforest episode. Oh. Uh, just because you know the the voice of the the choir teacher, or whatever, is Jennifer Aniston, and yeah. that. That's the reason why I love that episode is because South Park pulled somebody like Jennifer Aniston in the middle of her run on Friends yeah. to do a fucking South Park episode where she ends up <laughs> saying fuck the rainforest and just like it's just a hilarity because she's like you know what fuck it fuck the rainforest and you, you it's Jennifer Aniston's voice and like her peak popularity in the choir on getting South gay Park. with kids it's just <laughs> getting gay with kids and it's the, just uh, hilarious my favorite part is that Stan's dog is voiced by George Clooney <laughs> I was like, just gonna say um, that. one episode That's hilarious one episode that just missed my list is <laughs> Big Gay Al's Big Gay Boat Ride and like <laughs> This dog in Stan's dog is like barking, and uh, he's like, <laughs> and it's just fucking George Clooney barking. And then you find out later that Clo- it's because Clooney was like one of the first ones to find like the short they did, Santa Claus versus Jesus, or whatever. Mm-hmm. The spirit of Christmas. Um, yeah. Yeah, the spirit of Christmas, and he's like the one who passed it around. Um, yeah, the movie. I mean, we're. I'm ending. Uh, a quick note about the movie. You know, I'm ending the. I'm ending the pod with what would Brian Boitano do because it's my favorite song from the movie. Uh, he's like, I'm Brian Dennehy. We didn't ask for fucking Brian Dennehy. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's good. Um, okay, um, I'm frozen out again, so I'm just going to end the pod here. Uh, mask up, stay safe this Halloween. Uh, go green, go white, go sponge. Go white. Go white. Go sponge. Let's roll. Shit from hell.